What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Stars Made Me Do It. You've got all three of us here. You've got me, Sierra. You've got me, me. We've got Martha. Hello. You've got the firestorm. And <laughs> its we... own entity. <laughs> it is its own entity. <laughs> also, if you're new here, the reason why we're the firestorm is because we're the three fire signs. So there Pretty you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are starting a new like series today and it's very exciting it's the arabian part series mm-hmm. and if you haven't already check out our back to basic series that was a good time we've also had a little asteroid series before which we'll constantly think be adding to but this mm-hmm. is the arabian part series and we are diving into it with the part of fortune yeah i know i'm excited to do another series like the series are where where it's at it's really fun to like delve into one little pocket of astrology and see what it can give you. Yeah. I also love these series because I feel like at least for myself, I definitely learn my way through it yeah. because I'm not super into like the asteroids and the seven part Arabian yeah. things. Ast- are they asteroids? <laughs> no, they're parts. Um, oh, right, so right, right. Part. I totally am the same way because with the parts, like I don't use them in my own practice. I don't really, I feel like I find enough information from all the other stuff that we talk about Mm -hmm. in astrology, but like diving into it just opens a door to like learn more about it and to learn more about yourself and to see like different ways that these energies can express themselves. So we're going to dive into it before we do that. Go follow us on Instagram at the stars made me podcast and go join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the stars made me do it, where you can join our astrology community. Uh, we have a discord we put out exclusive episodes every week go join us there yeah we'll be chatting on the discord so get over there it's like a second (laughs) podcast you know we really have genuinely is it it is a second podcast so if you like this vibe but maybe you want to get a little more silly a little more personal a little more like timely with Mm -hmm. what's going on with the transits get on over there and also the thing that i love about when we do these series, like how we're doing part of fortune, we're doing the parts and before we did the asteroids, how I really do feel like there's such divine timing with this kind of stuff because Mm. I was being stalked in the best way by everything like Fortuna, like the goddess of fortune. And Mm. then when we started doing the part of fortune, I was like, wait a minute. So I've got like my Fortuna necklace on right now. And Mm. I would just like all prepped for this and it just feels so right. And we'll get into it. But I personally have the part of fortune in my chart and a part that's intercepted and it's just becoming available to me now. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I've been slowly accessing this part of my chart right at this moment where we're talking about something that's Mm -hmm. in that part of my chart. So I just feel like if you're here listening to this and you're really connecting to it, it's not an accident. And we're going to get into how, you know, how this shows up for all of us. Yeah. So I'm going to put my teacher hat on. There are seven parts, seven Arabian parts Fortune, Damon, Necessity, Love, Courage, Victory, and Nemesis, which I'm excited to get to. Um, Definitely Fortune and uh, Damon or Part of Spirit are the most commonly used. But today we're going to talk about Part of Fortune. Uh, Each one of the seven parts are also associated with the seven visible planets. And the Part of Fortune is associated with the moon. Which is wild because I, before I knew anything really about astrology or even the parts, I always thought part of fortune was related to Jupiter. And I feel like maybe that's a common misconception. Like the way I was taught it or told it by someone was like, part of fortune is like your little Jupiter in your chart. Yeah, that's how I was taught it too. And I think that's because it's like where you find your luck and where you find your abundance. So it's like related or similar energy to Jupiter in that way. 
but yeah, actually another part is, is connected to Jupiter. I believe it's uh part of victory is, um, makes sense. Jupiter. Oh my gosh. I've also been stalked by victory. The goddess <laughs> too. I'm like, I'm here for all these parts. It's, it's so, Oh, it's so on point, but I also just want to put out there for anybody who's like, what do you mean? Part? Yes. Like a part of what a part, part of, of pie, part of the cake, a piece of the pie there. Um, when we're talking about planets Mm. we all know what that means when we're talking about you know asteroids when we think like you know chiron or you know there's we have a concept of what that is because it's it's a Mm -hmm. body of sorts in the sky but this is a calculation that i know mimi is going to get into where it's calculating based on placements that you have in your chart it finds Mm -hmm. where you're parked of fortune is and so you can't like it's it's not going to change in the same way of you know in two months the part of fortune moved into the next sign exactly it's something that is going to be calculated individually and that's just something to you know have an understanding of as we get yeah it's more of a concept than it is an actual body in the sky Exactly. A little piece of history, despite them being called the Arabian parts, uh, they predate any Islamic societies. And the original traditional astrologers, which are known as the Hellenistic astrologers, have been using them in detail since the beginning days of astrology. Um, And they're actually more likely to be Egyptian or Babylonian, which is where astrology essentially originated. Mm. What up, Egypt? (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. (laughs) Um, So when it comes to calculating this, it can be complicated if you're not a numbers person. If you do love numbers, uh, like I do, there's a calculation to find your part of fortune using your ascendant, your sun, and your moon. And so the first concept that you sort of have to wrap your head around is that there are 360 degrees in the zodiac wheel. So Aries starts at zero degrees and Taurus as the next sign starts at 30 degrees because each sign has uh, 29 degrees to them. Then Gemini is going to start at 60 degrees. So if you have a placement at four degrees of Gemini, that's actually at 64 degrees in the zodiac wheel. And we need to know this in order to calculate finding your part of fortune. So if you're born during the day, the part of fortune is calculated by adding the ascendant to the moon and then subtracting the degree of your sun. And your software, whatever software you're using to pull up your astrology chart is going to do this for you, but it's only going to be accurate if you were born during the day. And I find this a really interesting, like human, like flaw that it's calculated incorrectly if you were born at night, because an ancient text was interpreted incorrectly very, very long ago, and the software hasn't caught up to it. So if you're born at night, You actually add the sun to the ascendant and subtract the moon. Whereas during the day, it's you're adding the moon to the ascendant, subtracting the sun. So for example, I have a 29 degree Leo rising. And in the zodiac wheel and all those 360 degrees, that is 149 degrees. Then we want to add my moon because I was born during the day. And I have a one degree moon. 
So we know Taurus starts at 30 degrees. So one degree extra, then we add 31 to the 149. I know it's complicated. Stay with me. We're not going to be talking about math this whole episode. And then we subtract my sun sign. I have a 21 degree Aries sun. So that's going to stick to 21 degrees. So then we subtract that and we get to a certain number, right? Which for me is 139. And then we know that that is a nine degree Virgo part of fortune. So that's just the way to calculate it. Obviously, listening to a podcast is not going to be like the easiest way to do that math in your head, like while you're driving or while you're doing other things in your house and listening to this podcast. But just to make note that there is a way to calculate it for yourself so that you can sort of uh, double check that your software or whatever chart you have is calculating it properly. So Sierra and I were born during the day, but Martha was actually born at night. And so this was a great opportunity for me to double check. Did the software do hers correctly? And it didn't because when I look at Martha's chart, it shows that it's a 25 degrees Pisces part of fortune. And actually by these calculations, if you like interpret that ancient text properly, she has a four degrees Aries part of fortune. Which I actually resonate a lot more with, which we'll talk about later when we talk about what part of fortune actually is too yeah i think the math gets it's honestly it's a little hard for me to remember okay so like leo starts at 120 degrees like that's hard to remember so it's nice to have a little key there that says like okay taurus starts at 30 gemini starts at 60 etc but that's like the thing you have to wrap your head around and then the math isn't too complicated but i understand that it's definitely an extra calculation that you don't expect when you're just looking into like astrology pieces So what would you consider for somebody who like has their, you know, is born during the day, born during night? Like what, what, what dictates what day and night means? So if your son is on the top half of your chart, if it's between, if it's in the 12th, the 11th, 10th, 9th, 8th, or 7th house, you were born during the day. If it's on the lower half of the chart, you were born during the night. Okay. That's a great way to check. Thank you for that visual. Cause I was like, well, you know, I know it depends on the time of year Yeah, <laughs> if we're like technically day or night, but that would, that would, you know, based on your rising, that would put your son, whether yeah, it's a day if you have a chart. son in the seventh or the first, sometimes it can get a little bit complicated, but if you mm-hmm. find your ascendant and trace it all the way across to your descendant, if the sun's on top of that in the chart, then you're a day chart. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that that's a better way to do it than being like, well, I was born at 6am. That's daytime. But depending on the time of year, the sun may not have risen yet by 6am. Maybe the sun was rising at 730 at that time of the year. So you're actually born during what's technically the night. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other thing, man, yeah, like sect so- and looking into Hellenistic astrology, day and night charts, like that's a whole other episode that we could do in the future. We should actually, because I think day and night charts are very fascinating. And I feel sad mm. for all the other night charts. Why are you so sad? I'm just, I'm just joking. It just like sounds chart. doom and gloom, doesn't it? Like, oh, I have a night chart. No. Or it's like, I'm a No, I world. feel like it's mysterious. No. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a really good point, though, for just anybody listening. If you're like, oh, like I use the Time Passages app or I have this on Astro.com mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And you think that your part of fortune is you know, has been given to you based on this calculation. If you might have been born at night and check that also feel free to Mm -hmm. reach out to us, 
check that out to see if you do need to go in and do a little bit of manual calculating yeah. there so that you can be sure. Because just like Martha said, you know, when she read her part of fortune, the description of it, what she thought was her part of fortune, it resonated less than when she was like, wow, I, you know, read uh, the description of this part of fortune, understanding that it got miscalculated because of mm -hmm. my night chart. And so you'll just obviously find a better mm -hmm. connection yeah. with that if it's calculated right. So before we jump into what actually part of fortune means, just keeping in mind that everything that we just told you about calculating involves your sun, moon, and rising. Those are the three elements that are used to calculate your part of fortune. And so, and shout out to our top three episode back in our back to basics yes. series. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out. But based on your top three, your sun, moon, and rising, that's how we are determining your part of fortune. And so since it's a calculation using those three elements, and we consider those three elements to be like the best overview snapshot of somebody's personality, you know, you're as, as a, in a general sense, you're probably very familiar uh, with the understanding and the essence of your part of fortune without even knowing the actual details of it, because it is calculated based on your top three, which are, you know, the, that's the summary of who you are. So this part of fortune uses those three elements to calculate it. And it will be very cool when you do get into it. And it's like, oh, well, that makes sense because I am a, this sun, this moon, this rising. Yeah. I feel like there's a big conversation to be had about like, well, then why is one being subtracted? Like, why are these two being added to each other? that sort of thing like philosophically I wonder like okay so then why in a day chart are we adding the moon and subtracting the sun like how is that adding to like the essential way we find our prosperity and abundance but I have no answers for that as as my ninth house placements would attest to so just, just want to ask, ask the, the question you know? yeah literally <laughs> um, so yeah let's ask what it all means so uh, we have a couple of references here one quote that i liked from astro.com was the part of fortune is used to describe the basic way in which the individual is physically connected to the surrounding world it is one of the significators of body and health and it's the primary significator of prosperity and also career because that relates to prosperity and i feel like that is a very traditional way of looking at it like the part of fortune in the original days original like astrology days was about your health and how you maintain your health and how you maintain your reputation and your like good standing through prosperity I so when I was re researching part of fortune as well something I thought was really interesting that it represented it said was obstacles that inhibit your growth and success, which I thought was interesting because it's true that mm. we become successful and we grow often through obstacles. So I thought that was interesting that it's also a place that obstacles show up because also if we're speaking about health, a lot of the times when we have a health problem, that's when people like hone in on how to actually take care of their bodies. So kind mm. of an interesting point. Oh yeah. That's a great parallel. I love that. I love that so much. And like, Oh, just thinking about mine, we'll get into it, but just thinking about my personal connection, like the significator of body and health when it comes to prosperity. Oh, it just, it just mm -hmm. feels so right. I love that. I love that wording. And I love what you said, Martha, about obstacles, because it's so true that people, you know, we have default things that we are good at, that we're successful at. And often we are known for those things, but so often we admire people for overcoming something mm -hmm. difficult and helping us believe that it's possible for us to do it as well. And that's 
that, you know, that obstacle factor is so, I love, I love incorporating that. Yeah. And I like also like the part of fortune is not where you're naturally going to be inclined to go. Like that's not something that you just tap into without any hard work. Like Martha said, it's the obstacles you overcome that show you this is how you reach that prosperity. And I feel like the part of fortune is like, here's the key. Here's the key. There's the door. All you have to do is tune into it and turn the key, open the door and there's your prosperity. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you're enjoying it. We wanted to take a brief pause to let you know about Patreon and what we're doing over there. Every week we release extra episodes exclusively to our patrons. We discuss the current astrology and give a weather report of what's to come. We also let loose a little and share how we've noticed the planets are affecting us more personally and globally. If you go over to patreon.com slash the stars made me do it, you'll find that we have three affordable tiers to choose from. If you join our pop star tier for just $3, you get access to these public episodes before anybody else. Every week we release these episodes like the one you're listening to right now early. And if you join our Rockstar tier for $6, you get these episodes early as well as access to half of our bonus episodes we release every Thursday. So that means you get to hang out with the Firestorm a little bit more every other week. Lastly, if you join our Superstar tier for $9, you get the works. You get access to the early episodes as well as every week's exclusive astrological weather report. It's a great spot to share what's on your mind astrologically and have you how you've noticed the planets are showing up for you. And if you feel like you don't know enough about astrology to join, don't worry. Many of our patrons feel the same way. But joining us on Patreon, you get to learn so much more about astrology, see how it's affecting you in real time. So go check us out over at patreon.com slash the stars made me do it. I know like some articles that I read called the part of fortune, like the pot of gold that's waiting for you in your chart. Yes, Mm. I remember reading that as well. It's waiting for you. It's like there's a discovery element yeah to it. you just have to tap into the energy of the tap of the part of fortune yeah mm. my like visual for it is you know old radios that have like antennas when the radio's on and it's just playing normal you don't really pay attention but when the static comes and you have to go over and realign the antennas so you actually get the frequency that's when you really tune in and realize oh something's going on here let's pay yes. attention and then when it comes back you're like oh I like this episode or radio station or whatever, but before it's just background. I love that. Oh my God. Yeah. My analogy self is is so lit up by that. That's, I love it. That's a really amazing <laughs> visual. I love that so much. Kudos Martha. Snacks for Martha. It's yeah. forcing you to pay attention. Oh, so good. Um, mm-hmm. Another quote I have here from advanced-astrology.com, which this is a reference that I will definitely recommend to anybody, especially if you want to look at part of fortune through the houses. They have some really great articles. Uh, so this, what they say is this Arabic part blends the three pillars of the birth chart, which we know are the sun, moon, and rising. And this makes it a special point. It's all about well-being on every plane of existence, emotional, material, spiritual. The even better thing about the part of fortune is that it mainly depends on you, unlike the beneficial influence of Jupiter, which is a much more external blessing, which is outside of your control. Mm -hmm. The part of fortune is in your control. And I really liked that differentiation. And I, I'm happy they referenced Jupiter again, because, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think Jupiter does come into play, even though it's ruled by the moon. Yeah, I mean, Jupiter is the abundance and, you know, expansion, prosperity, which we associate very often with the word fortune. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think that that's why, you know, but like we just read in this definition, it's much more, this is what the predisposition is. And this shows up as where you personally, those three, that top three gives you an element of control. Because I think this part of fortune is much more about like how you feel just abundant in your own nature, like not about how you reach physical abundance or external abundance. At least this is like a more modern take on it. But how do you feel fulfilled, like emotional fulfillment through your part of fortune? Mm. And then going back to more traditional, this is a quote from Paulus Alexandrinus, which is a fourth century author. Fortune signifies everything that concerns the body and what one does through the course of life. Vague, but that's what I said. It becomes indicative of possessions, reputation, (laughs) and privilege. And I think that I wanted to add that in because there's like the really black and white connotations of the part of fortune. Okay. Yeah. Fortune. Where where we have, I mean, we think of fortune and wealth often coming together and wealth and privilege mm-hmm. often coming together. And health and wealth. And I feel like that's... Health and wealth. <laughs> yeah. Health and wealth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this, yeah, like we've said, it's a great indicator of how you reach prosperity. So it can show us how we make money, if that's your version of prosperity, um, how you achieve good health, if that's also your version of prosperity. And I want to throw in like emotional fulfillment. Mm. Yeah, which I feel like, you know, again, this will come in another episode about different housing systems, but we often think of, you know, traditional astrology using whole sign and that being more of external Mm -hmm. astrology and Placid is showing up a lot more as the internal personality type of things going on when we're using it for personal development. And so I love that you added the, like, the fulfillment and emotional part there, because I feel like that's where we are also diving more into astrology in general. And so it's applying this really traditional piece of astrology to the modern ways in which we use astrology now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like back when part of fortune was used to like really advise people on how to change the course of their life and how to connect to their wealth or prosperity you would want to pay attention to if there were any benefics or malefics making aspects to it, or just like the condition that your part of fortune is in. What sign is it in? How, what house is it in? What planets are making relationships with your part of fortune? Because these are all tying into how you connect to what is essentially your abundance that's waiting for you. I love it because it implies that everybody has an abundance just waiting for them. It's just a matter of finding it or being open to it or tapping into it yeah and i I don't even think it's waiting for us i just think it's there and we just need to see it Mm -hmm. you know that the sagittarius heavy placement person loves the fact that everybody that this is you know considered like everybody having just abundance waiting for them it's like find it you can do it (laughs) it's there for you yeah I mean, it's yeah, like, I, it's, I, I well, sorry, I really don't like the word waiting because it mm. makes it seem like it's farther in the future or like farther away or out of grasp. But I, I don't think it's removed from us. I don't think it's removed, but I think the idea of waiting for you is that it's not going anywhere. It's available to you. And when you decide to seek it, you can find it. That's what I think of as waiting. Not not like you have to wait like 70 years into your life in order to access it, but it is there patiently available when you decide to seek it. I like that reframe. That's what I see that as. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's get into some examples of part of part or parts. Is it parts of fortune or part of fortunes? The true oh, question of this are episode. Parts, are part of fortunes. We're- this is really the point here. <laughs> part of fortune. Our parts. Our part, our parts part of, of fortune. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get into our placements, shall we? <laughs> so after calculating Sierra's, we have got an Aquarius part of fortune and in the second house. Yeah, I am so interested in this because so for those who are familiar with Placidus, that's the system that I use and my my second house, Aquarius is intercepted. So it's just like eaten up by the two other signs around it. And it's becoming more available to me in my thirties. And I really feel that. So opposite of, you know, Aquarius intercepted, I've also got Leo intercepted and I've got some Leo placements that I do feel like are becoming more externally available to me. And it's very interesting to think about how this whole year, like listening back on just our journey of this podcast for this whole year, I've felt so much more in in tune with access to the Aquarius energy. And I've got my son in the 11th house. So I feel like I I do have that Aquarius flair, but this is like an Aquarius placement that I have. And I haven't really connected to that until I started diving into this, you know, part of fortune in Aquarius in my second house. And it's very, um, you know, got to do things your own way and you want to do things for the betterment of everybody around you and you don't care about doing things the way that they have been done it's when you do things the way that works for you and your own like you know point of view and unique way of seeing things that's when the Mm -hmm. luck comes that's when the fortune comes that's when you realize like you've had it all along you know and I think that that really that really fits for me also, when I was reading about Aquarius, part of fortune, it's so much about like volunteer and doing things for other people and like wanting to make a difference in the world. And I, I feel like those things are also yeah. prominent for you too. Yeah. Wanting to make a difference, wanting to do something because it's good to do it. Not because, you know, I, I mean, we can have Leo placements come in in a different moment, but when it comes to like the actual wanting to do something and not necessarily needing the recognition for it, it's like, I want the people in my life to have fortune, to have success, to have, to be happy. And I don't need it to be because of me. I just want them to feel that, to have that, like that is something that I genuinely brings me such joy when I see my people happy and and successful and so i really do feel that is the aquarian energy of wanting the good for everybody without needing the recognition Mm. of that good of that you know i also want to say gift giving very much is part of fortune aquarius in the second house (laughs) so oh my love your love language (laughs) oh that's so interesting yeah i also think like the second house like this is tapping into your personal fulfillment like yes it is about what you're giving to others or what you are contributing to society but it's more about like how prosperity finds you or how abundance finds you because you're tapping into this energy because this is like the avenue through which you find your fulfillment and I think that that second house 
and anyone who has uh their part of fortune in taurus as well which one of our patrons gave us an example and hers is in taurus but the second house part of fortune is like you find your abundance and prosperity finds you when you are very certain of your set of values and you know the why behind everything that you do and there's like this very strong sense of self-respect. And I think for you, that's something that you have tapped into for a long time because you have all those Capricorn placements supporting that. But for anybody who doesn't feel like they're connecting to that, that's one of those like obstacles, like Martha had mentioned, that finding your sense of self-respect, finding your set of values that is just you, that's not influenced by other people's set of values. And I think that that Aquarius because yours is in Aquarius specifically, that supports the fact that like you already are fine with your set of values possibly being different from everybody else's. And then on the more tangible front, like part of fortune being in the second house is very much a placement of somebody who doesn't have to struggle financially or doesn't have, you know, doesn't like live in poverty or have to overcome that hurdle, which I think is a great example for you as well. Yeah. I also am thinking about like, (laughs) I've always felt this deep down of just having this rock solid moral compass that I don't care Mm -hmm. if the outside influences peer pressure is telling me to do something else. Like, no, I know what my values are and this is what I'm doing. And I never attributed that to Aquarius energy, but it is such Aquarius energy of, I don't care what you think is okay or not. These are my principles, second house value. And, and I know me. And so I'm sticking with that. And every time that I quote unquote, do the right thing and the right thing for me, what feels good for me, that is when I find my, you know, when I have that access to that fortune, that feels super, super on point. And it's very interesting that you mentioned that about finances too, because I have my part of fortune in Aquarius opposite my Jupiter in Leo. And so those are both like that. I mean, I've had when I first was getting into astrology, like astrologer, astrology teacher looking at my chart and was like, that is, that's a very auspicious placement when it comes to finances, because you have part of fortune in the second house, Jupiter in the eighth house. And so I have them opposite one another. And I also find that really interesting when, again, how your whole chart comes into play here, because for me having this, what we see a mini Jupiter, even though it's ruled by the moon, but you know, a fortune placement opposite Jupiter having this, they always tie in with one another where I've got to feel good about it. And when I believe in it, then it's more mm-hmm. expansive and more abundant. Yeah. And then we find um, before we move forward. Yeah. So the part of fortune is not ruled by the moon, but it's calculated using the moon. So I think that's and thank you for that distinction. And yeah. it's not something that I fully understand either, like how each part is related to each planet. But I just want to make sure so nobody is like, oh, so it's a moon placement. It's not a moon placement, but it's used or it's calculated using the moon. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy you said that because I did think moon. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) So one little thing I thought about with you, Sierra, is your part of fortune is also sextile to your natal mercury. And I feel like since you started your book club, you prosperity has found you or like you have found your prosperity. And there's just an example of like you tuned into your part of fortune's energy and the planets that are supporting your part of fortune. And there's been abundance on the other side of that. And Mercury rules books, rules reading. That's why I connected those two things. Yeah. And like, just like, you know, community. And it's also 
it's interestingly square my Pluto, which is in the 11th house, Mm -hmm. which it seems like, you know, pushing through, transforming those like the groups in which I put myself into because I do, I'm somebody who has a million different groups, but it's like, it is a transforming of which one feels most genuine to me activates that, you know, or it, that is maybe an obstacle because I don't want to leave my people because I value people so much. But when I find myself not fitting in or being in a group that isn't aligning with how my values have transformed and evolved, it's a hard thing to be like, okay, like love you guys, but I'm, I'm going to keep doing something that feels more genuine to me. But then when I do that, it activates that fortune. I mean, just thinking about, yeah, starting my book club, it was coming off of a really, really hard moment when it came to people in my life. And I was like, this is what feels most aligned. And then as soon as I did that, it was like, oh, hey, author of the book club has contacted you. Oh, so many people have joined. And like, now it's like this big entity. And so it's, again, like we always say, the interactions in which it has in your chart, those aspects that it's making, we get more information. And yeah, I love that it's sex with my Mercury. They're just chatting nicely to each other Mm -hmm. and Mercury (laughs) conjunct my ascendant. So it's like how I'm viewing things, how people are seeing me. It's a very, Mm -hmm. very cool connections all around. Yeah. So moving on, we've got Martha, as we said, she's got an Aries part of fortune and it's in the 11th house. How did you uh, resonate with this? Another well (laughs) upset (laughs) a lot of what's here just said aquarius because 11th house so um but how i resonated when i first saw it was in the areas i was like are you fucking kidding by Mm -hmm. my north node south south node sorry so i'm like why is the aries energy so easy for me and like but so hard for me to move away from but i'm not supposed to move away from it because my fortune comes from it so yeah your aries libra axis is like a puzzle (laughs) that you have to find the perfect balance at and how's that for north node and libra like yeah it's so annoying i'm like can't i have part of part of fortune in my fucking second house too so i can be like rich or something not like me like yeah. Jesus. Well, I love this like in your 11th house because you are someone who that really wants to contribute to the betterment of society and like really pushes your like you push yourself to be a better person for your community and for the world around you and you also are someone who does have hopes, who does have dreams that connects to community and when you connect to community there's almost like a lightning you know where and that also connects Mm -hmm. to like Aries of you putting yourself out into the community and finding abundance through that connection to large groups of people or like-minded people and like following your humanitarian visions and I also think like I spend time thinking about your North Node in Libra girl because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, you are not. I like fall asleep thinking about Martha's North Node in Libra because you do have these prominent Aries placements. You, I feel like need to assert yourself or like it's a very important part of your growth and your evolution is showing up and being unabashed like unabashedly yourself and unapologetic about being yourself Mm -hmm. and I know that that north node in Libra sometimes makes you feel like oh am I not supposed to be doing that then am I supposed to just like totally wipe myself away but I feel like that north node in Libra Mm -hmm. is more about finding the balance in how asserting yourself doesn't have to be so concentrated and have to be feel so confrontational in a way. 
And I love that this part of fortune is forming a grand fire trine because it's trying both your Venus and your Jupiter. So you have this fire trine that's like pointing to this part of fortune, which Venus and Jupiter are the benefics. Venus and Jupiter are what are deemed like the most prosperous planets when it comes to traditional astrology, like connecting to your abundance, knowing that you're supported by the universe, knowing you're supported by like-minded people in your community. I, I feel like with it being an Aries, it's really like internal and it's something that only you can feel, which I think is true for all part of fortunes, but especially for Aries mm-hmm. or like first house placement that it's like you feeling your confidence and knowing that nobody else has to validate that for you. It's funny because I do notice when I'm like, when I really reflect on it, like I can feel those moments when I can tap into my part of fortune, mm-hmm. something that's happening in my life right now is like I'm part of a company that's like learning how to be diverse and uh, bringing culture to it and I find myself consistently volunteering to be the one to speak volunteering to run workshops volunteering to teach yoga like doing all of the things and like stepping into that and being like okay yeah I'm here I'm doing it like And I feel very confident in those situations and it is for the betterment of everything. And yeah, that is somehow consistent in my life. (laughs) In every area I go into, it's like, hey, who's going to volunteer to step up to run this diversity workshop? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And it's being, you're being called to be brave. And I feel like when you do lean into that bravery, there is that fulfillment. That's that like inner fulfillment that part of fortune is represents. Yeah, I do feel very good when I do those things. And I also know to know that like when I do volunteer and like put myself out there to do these things, eventually it does mm-hmm. pay off, but it's hard to wait for the payoff sometimes. Well, yeah, Aries doesn't want to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really interesting though thinking about how everything comes to play for you where it is like with your south node but everything that you just said with that great example of you know volunteering okay 11th house you know wanting to volunteer and then for the betterment of people but you're doing it you're like i am the one who is like doing this but i'm not doing this to show off to the to people i'm not doing this to step into the spotlight i'm doing this because i know that i'm capable of doing this that will help other people and it's very much in like a community way which i also would put to libra with this idea of connection mm-hmm. with people and so you know i yeah, i kind of feel like feel that's heard. yeah and and giving everybody like just equal footing in a way because Libra really wants everyone to just get along. And so it seems like you're tapping into your South node. Hey, I'm really good at doing these things. I'm, I know all of this stuff. I know how to do the things that we're working for culturally in this 11th house space, but I'm going to step up and it's not about me knowing how to do these things. It's about you all learning how to do these things. I feel like that's where that Libra can kind of step in there where it's not, you're trying, you're not trying to show off what, you know, you're trying to share what, you know. Yeah. Just teaching. And, you know, every time I think I'm disconnected from my North node in Libra, I try to remind myself, it's like, Martha, you have Mars in Libra. Like you're driven Mm -hmm. by making everyone happy and being okay around you. And like, it's, you're not, 
selfish all the time because that's what I instantly <laughs> go to my in my head it's like wow I'm just like this selfish person who wants spotlight on me like Aries north like Aries south node and like a Leo stallion <laughs> like that just like doesn't look good on paper <laughs> all right well as an Aries sun and Leo rising I'm here to say it does look Hello. good on paper okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks good on paper and on video <laughs> and in the mirror <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, but I love that with your part of fortune being in Aries too because it's such driven energy where when you decide hey this is what I want to do I like this for me and it's not ignoring your north node but it's when you find that when you have that availability access to that part of fortune is when you are driven and it's kind of like I don't give a shit this is what I'm feeling right now. And this is what I'm really excited by. There's passion here when, cause Aries is all about passion. When there's passion to something, that mm -hmm. is when you find your luck, because if you're doing something that doesn't ignite that it's not that life is bad, but it's not the, you're not, it's not the same sort of part of fortune access that we're talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Aries is also so much about your identity and 11th house is about belonging. And I feel like you are, I don't, I don't want to say you're constantly seeking it because I don't think you're constantly seeking it. I think you're constantly finding that you belong in a lot of different communities. And sometimes that can, mm -hmm. you know, like throw a sense of uh, confusion about like, well, then who am I if I belong in so many places? And the part of fortune is like, you belong just as who you are. And just by knowing your identity, because that's what Aries is. It's like knowing who you are without any sort of question and knowing that you belong moving on yeah. <laughs> we got a blush in martha so we let's move on <laughs> that scorpio moon would like to hide now <laughs> <laughs> well mimi you have got virgo first house part of fortune if we're yeah. using placidus here yeah and when researching it, I definitely, you know, like I could connect to the second house uh, part of fortune, but then I read the first house part of fortune. I was like, ah, yes, I can see how this connects so much more. And it, it kind of relates to a lot of what we already talked about with Martha having hers and Aries, like being very solid in my sense of identity. And when I no longer like allow other people's influences on me to like affect how I know who I am then I feel very abundant and I feel very fulfilled in myself. And I think with that opposition to Saturn, which Saturn and Pisces, and in this case in the seventh house, very much dissolves all boundaries. And like, I've definitely fallen into the codependent habits of being like, well, this is how this person feels. So I'm going to mirror that and I'm just going to take care of their emotions. And then the opposition of that, where part of fortune is actually saying by standing in your own energy, by standing your ground and connecting to your identity, you find this abundance. When I first saw like Virgo first house, part of fortune, I instantly thought like being a leader and allowing your structure around knowledge to come mm. out. I don't know why I kept going to like you stepping into your power of like just being the really freaking smart person that knows a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, like that's no, what real. I instantly thought. Like someone who is an energy, like an information collector, and like 
deep into all information. That's how I saw it, like being a leader in that and allowing yourself to do that. It is so funny that you say that because I definitely, when I read Part of Fortune and Virgo and when I was connecting to it, I was like, this is boring. I don't like it. But I think that's my Chiron in Virgo being like, I don't want to just be like... Like, I don't just want to be good at math. I don't want to just be good at, like, relaying some information. Like, that my Chiron in Virgo fears, like, the lack of passion or the lack of, like, excitement and, and like, ignition in the Virgo. But you're an Aries. Yeah. So, like, the information <laughs> and the things you do share always will have passion behind it. And yeah. it's always exciting and, like, communicated in, the, like, a in a BAM way. Mm. It's not like a BAM monotone, way. here are the facts. I'm giving them to you. Because they like are the research. history teacher in Harry Potter, exactly. like Mr. Boggs or something, <laughs> Professor Biggs, like Professor Bins, yeah. When Bins. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not because you also. I mean, just thinking about in the way in which when we schedule shit for the podcast and you're like lit up by it you are so fulfilled by that stuff and it's like when you have a functioning structure you know and you've got everything in place that it's that same kind of finding freedom from structure and it's things Mm. that you are passionate about you're not like you know organizing Dewey Decimal System library. I mean, maybe you are. Although about I would be really good yeah, at that. She too. Would. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I say that. I'm like, wait, I feel like we have found the job for you. But, you know, <laughs> I but quit astrology and candles. <laughs> <laughs> but even just the fact of like, I have been with you while you are making candles. And the way mm. in which you make candles is in such a freaking Virgo way because you mm. have spreadsheets on it you've calculated you have done scent testing you have a complete system in in which you do something that fuels you you know when Mm. and you find so much uh, fulfillment and fortune from that in the same way as scheduling as collecting information because it's Mm. such a virgo I don't know, virgo's so good at categorizing all of the things in their own way and in the way that things quote unquote should be categorized because it's very systematic, but it's also with the lens of wanting to serve others. Like me and Martha are like, oh heck yes, things are scheduled. This is fantastic. And like, it just, (laughs) it brings us, you know, it's a way in which you can bring that to other people too, because it's a natural thing that you have. But I love that you also have Virgo Chiron Because I feel like your Mm -hmm. whole journey has been the more in which you are going through your own personal healing journey and the more and you are seeing yourself as a healer and helping other people on their healing journey. It's like this extra just activated abundance that comes and extra healing that comes. And then for your part of fortune to be there, it seems like such like an affirming placement to be like, yes, please keep doing this. Yeah. And I think that the conjunction to Chiron uh, actually speaks, and this is something I feel like not a lot of people talk about, but like, I'm definitely someone who's had to go through phases of feeling like my suffering means that I like am stronger than other people. And obviously I know that's not the case. Like I, I don't compare myself to other people in that way anymore, but it was definitely a journey that I went through where it was like, I suffer more than you. So therefore like I'm stronger, which I hate saying out loud, but whatever it's a fact of part of my journey and i think that that yeah. is definitely my chiron conjunct part of a uh, part of fortune because there's almost a fear around being abundant and like a, a wound around 
connecting to my abundance because it means I have to let go of any past suffering or any past like obstacles that have been such a huge part of my identity. And I can see, especially right now with it being opposite Saturn and me going through my Saturn return, how that's like a, a release of a release of all of that. Um, but it, yeah, I think my initial response to it being in Virgo was like, I don't always connect with being an extremely analytical person because I, 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 but I know I am, I know I am Martha. I see that jaw drop because I connect so much to my emotional nature as well. So it's such a, I feel like I'm very present in both of those energies. So it, it's a little like, oh, I don't want to let go of my soft emotional nature to, to access my abundance. Uh, but you know, that's part of the journey, I guess. That's also just part of opposition energy is that mm -hmm. they're going to constantly work with one another. They, they don't exist without activating the other one. And so mm -hmm. your emotional nature has, you know, an analytical part to it. You are constantly finding like dissecting the way in which you are feeling, why you're feeling that. Like, oh my God. That? I know. I would love to know? stop doing that. <laughs> the hypervigilance like can leave. Thank you very much. <laughs> but then, but then it also brings that analytical part. It brings the emotions mm -hmm. to it where it's not dry and it's not like unfeeling of, Hey, this is what works best for the schedule. I don't care if you don't like it. It's like, let's make something work that not mm -hmm. only works logically mm -hmm. but works emotionally so that's how those things are constantly also can i just say that the three of us have uh jupiter like aspecting our part of fortune i know yeah like heck yes yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just noticing that because you've got it sextile jupiter also trying your venus you both have venus and jupiter aspecting your part of fortune and the three of us have jupiter aspecting our part of fortune so i like it also i feel like we all kind of have like similar part of fortune journeys in some ways like mm -hmm. you and i have that aquarius sierra yeah and then you and i mimi have like that aries so we passed Look, it you down. And your libra it. north node seeing <laughs> connecting to both of us <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> connected so we're gonna go through all of the part of fortunes through the signs so if you've been waiting to hear yours uh it's coming before we do that, I just want to say, like, if you want to read about the part of fortune through the houses, we're not going to talk about that in this episode just because it would make the episode really long. But there are two references that I would recommend. Astro.com has some very interestingly described excerpts on part of fortune through the houses. And then another one that I really enjoyed was advancedastrology.com. That's advanced-astrology.com. They've got really great articles on every single part of fortune through the house. Yeah, we'll we'll throw these things in in show notes or something for easy access. Perhaps we will. Yeah. Perhaps we will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll go through little excerpts of all of these signs with part of fortune in it. This is brought to you by ChatGPT. What is because this? I am an AI person. <laughs> I asked AI to write little excerpts and they did. So, oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah. Love that. It's like <laughs> a better Google. <laughs> so, I will start with Aries through Cancer. Do it. So, the part of fortune in Aries suggests that a person may find fulfillment in being a leader or pioneer in their field. They may be driven by a desire for independence and self sufficiency. 
Part of fortune in Taurus often indicates a need for stability and security. These individuals may find happiness in building and accumulating resources or in pursuing artistic or sensual pleasures. Mm. With part of fortune in Gemini, people may people may find fulfillment in learning, communications, and expanding their networks. They may enjoy socializing, sharing ideas, and exploring a variety of interests. The part of fortune in Cancer may indicate a need for emotional connection and a sense of belongings. These individuals may find happiness in nurturing others as well as in creating a comfortable and cozy home environment. Mm, I love that. I've really been connecting to cancer and belonging recently. So I love that that Mm. was included in the description. And I just want to like go into it more and discuss all of them. Like I love the idea of a part of fortune in Taurus being about connecting to your own inner stability rather than like seeking it out externally. Like you are your sense. You are your own rock. I really love that. Mm. yeah um and yeah Yeah. the the um part of fortune and cancer too like finding your family finding your soul family finding the people in your life that like that share just like love total like pure love love that all right so i will read leo through scorpio so part of fortune and leo uh these people may find fulfillment in being recognized and admired for their talents and achievements they may have a strong desire for self-expression and creativity uh part of fortune in virgo suggests a need for precision and order these individuals may find happiness in analyzing data solving problems <laughs> and helping others improve their health or work efficiency or just making a bomb ass excel spreadsheet Part of fortune in Libra. (laughs) People may find fulfillment in creating harmony and balance in their relationships and environment. They may enjoy beauty, art, and socializing with others in a refined and classy setting. I feel like a part of fortune in Libra person, this is like a great extrovert example where like, sure, maybe you don't, you're not outgoing or like expressive, but an extrovert is more than that. It's like finding fulfillment and finding abundance through like connecting to others. I feel like that's a very, Mm -hmm. I love that. I want to, I want to enjoy beauty and art and socializing with others in a refined and classy setting. Like I know (laughs) definitely seeing like cosmos at a gala or something. Like, is this my Libra midheaven? But I'm like, please, if you're a Libra part of fortune, I'd like to be part of that setting. Contact me. Okay. Uh, Part of fortune in Scorpio suggests a need for depth and intensity in life. These individuals may find happiness in exploring their own psyche, transforming themselves or others and building meaningful connections with a select few. I love that. That's the opposite of the extrovert where it's I have my very few people that fulfill my life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I will finish it off for us with Sagittarius through Pisces. And individuals as part of fortune in Sagittarius may find fulfillment in expanding their horizons, whether through travel, education, or spiritual pursuits. They may have a strong desire for freedom and philosophical exploration. Mm. For Capricorn, part of fortune indicates a need for structure and discipline. These individuals may find happiness in building a strong, enduring career or legacy and in striving for excellence in their field. Mm. Sounds about right. With part of fortune in Aquarius, people may find fulfillment in promoting social justice, innovation, and progress. They may enjoy connecting with others on a humanitarian level, as well as exploring a variety of unusual (laughs) or eccentric interests. (laughs) Checks out. (laughs) 
I'm like, not me crocheting bullet journal while recording. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, eclectic, eccentric, it all checks out. And then part of fortune in Pisces suggests the needs for transcendence and connection to the divine. These individuals may find happiness in creative or spiritual pursuits, as well as in helping others heal or find their own inner peace interesting help like being of service to others too in like a more i don't know in that spiritual way whereas virgo being the opposite of that you know is much more in the the tangible stuff and this seems much more in the yeah pisces is like i'm serving you in order to serve like the universe as a whole yeah yeah Mm -hmm. So that is that those are through the signs. And remember, you should also check out the houses based on the references that we gave you or just by your Mm -hmm. own research. And it all plays together because, you know, like we said, we gave our examples of signs and houses and we can see how it's not just Aquarius for me, it's Aquarius in the second house. And so actually like reading through that Taurus example, because Taurus is, you know, associated with the second house, a lot of those things made sense for me too. So definitely make sure that you check out both your sign and your house. And I'm also Mm -hmm. just like realizing because I'm I'm thinking about all the people in my life here and I'm like, my husband is a night chart. And so I looked up his part of fortune before this and I was like, wait a minute, we got to recalculate because Mm, that's probably not it. So make sure that you check that out and we can, you know, help out with that. Yeah. And I know the blurbs that we gave for all 12 signs are succinct and um, obviously not as in depth as the descriptions when we talked about our own personal examples. But I think that like talking about our examples is a great, great way to show how you can have your own discussion about your part of fortune and about Mm -hmm. how you connect to that energy yourself, because you're the only one who's going to know so deeply how you achieve like emotional self-fulfillment. You know, we are not going to be able to have that discussion for you um although we can definitely have that discussion with you on our discord if you join us on patreon.com slash the stars made me do it so oh my gosh that was plugging away i'm excited about well that little transition but also about just doing (laughs) this new series and mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to keep going into the different parts. And I love, I love the idea of just fortune. Of course, my Aquarian <laughs> self, I'm like, oh, let's get into it. How are we lucky? Let's talk about it more. But let us know uh, how you connected with this. If you found some interesting stuff with your part of fortune, with the sign, with the house, it was unexpected. Fit just totally fit. And yeah, thanks for thanks for being here for our part series part one part one of the parts yeah (laughs) Yeah. part one of the pizza (laughs) the seven slice pizza that are the parts. and with that martha (laughs) why did we talk about the part of fortune today because the stars made us do it 